I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm teaching uh, on various subjects. I'm teaching to an empty auditorium. And what I'm doing is trying to cooperate with the government on this coronavirus and uh, not gather people. All we have is Mike running the board and and two uh, cameramen. And uh, we're trying to continue this. We're on the TV all over the country. And we're also... Uh, we're also... Uh, on the internet around the world uh, with over 2,000 of our messages on the internet. Now, I've been teaching on predestination and the Sabbath. Predestination and the Sabbath and uh, prayer and anything that's related to that. This would be I'm going to inter, intermix some other subjects. I have people constantly calling me and say, I've heard you talk about the devil. And you say that the devil, the word devil is the word in the New, in the New Testament in the King James Bible. The word demon is not in the Bible, not D-E-M-O-N, in your concordance or in your King James Bible. They may have put that in other scriptures, in other copies of, of a Bible. But you've got two words for devil. One is the word daemonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Daemonion. And you have the word diabolos, D-I-A. B-O-L-O-S, Diabolos. And then you have the word Satan. These are not the same thing. Satan in the Greek is the word Satanos, S-A-T-A-N-O-S, or N-A-S, excuse me. Satanos, it's, it's pronounced saw. Satanos, Satanos, and it means an adversary. It means an opponent. Well, that can be a man. As far as the creature Satan that deceived Eve in the garden, Nobody knows other than the fact he took the form of a serpent. Well, evil men have the nature of Satan in them. They are opponents of Christ if they're not born again. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John 3.22 that that excuse me, two twenty two, first John two twenty two twenty two He that denieth Christ, he that denieth and this goes along with the word Satan, denieth Christ is Antichrist. 
The only place you have Antichrist mentioned is first and second John. Second John. You don't have the Antichrist. The Bible says right before that that even now you've heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrist? And then it goes into saying, He that denieth Christ is Antichrist. Well deny is going to oppose Christ. Deny is the word arneo, my A-R-N-E-O-M-A-I. Arneo, my, and it means to contradict. That means to be an opponent of the word of God. So any man that does that is Satan. If you deny Christ, you are, it has, to contradict has the same nature or meaning as Satan and to the word Satan in the Old Testament is the word Satan S-A-W-T-A-N Satan and it has the same meaning in the Old Testament and it means an adversary so if you if you get, talk to a man and you quote Romans 8.29, a favorite verse of mine, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son, that man would be a Satan when he would say, well, it don't mean that, it means something else. And he would be an antichrist. Anti means opposite or instead of instead of instead of Christ opposing Christ contradicting Christ or or an adversary in the Old Testament most of the time when you find the word adversary it is the word Satan or Satan. In fact, David was called the Satan or the adversary of the Philistines. Over there in First Samuel, First Samuel, the twenty-seventh chapter, when when the Philistines were going to go against they were going to go against King Saul it's a long story David had been chased all over creation by Saul when David became the king of Israel because God said I'm tired of Saul he hasn't done all the things I've told him to do he didn't execute God's fierce wrath against Amalek when he said go in there and destroy them all he didn't and David was, God placed David as the king of Israel in the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel. Well, when David becomes king, Saul gets angry at David and says this was all his doing. He didn't know that God had told Samuel to anoint David to be king. Samuel was the prophet at that time. And so Saul thinks David is trying to take over his throne. So he starts chasing David. And David runs away from Saul from the from the 16th chapter, well, actually starting in 18, 
16 is where he's made king. 17 is where he goes out and slays Goliath. And 18 is where Saul gets his eye on David when the women are crying out. Uh, David has, uh, Saul has slain his thousands and David is ten thousands. Saul becomes envious. And from the 18th chapter to the end of the book of 1 Samuel, Saul is trying to kill David. David is running for his life, hiding from Saul. One of the things he does, he runs to, he runs over to the Philistines and he makes friends with two of the Philistines. The Philistine king, Achish, Achish is the Philistine king and he makes friends with one other Philistine. And he becomes real close to this other Philistine, and his name is Ittai. I-T-T-A-I. And the Bible says that Ittai was a Gittite. When you look up Gittite, it means a Philistine. Well, David is, at the end of 1 Samuel, David tells it, uh, Achish is getting his Philistine army to go attack Saul. David, in his sneaky ways, tells Achish, I want to go with you and I'll bring up the rear. David says, I'll bring up the rear and we'll, and I'll be your reinforcement behind you while you go and take on Saul. David was trying to trap Achish between him and Saul so their two armies could conquer the Philistines. Well, Achish, he really liked David, and David says, I want to come with you. But the Philistine soldiers say, they say, he is sneaky, he's lying, and they were right. He was trying to put the Philistine army in a trap. Well, he goes to he goes to Achish and he said, can I go with you and bring up the rear? All the time he is being sneaky and he wants to destroy the Philistines. And Saul wants to destroy David. It's just a, it's an enigma amongst with Saul. Well, let me read to you when he goes to Achish. In verse 5 of chapter 27 of 1 Samuel. I'm still on the subject of demons or devil or Satan. And David said to Achish, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with you? He was wanting to be separated from Achish so he could plot and do his un, his his deeds that were against the Philistines. And Achish gave David Ziklag that there, therefore, and Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto that day. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months, and that's when he made friends with these people. Now, he tells Achish, I want to go with you 
to attack Saul, but he doesn't really want to attack Saul. He wants to sandwich Achish and the Philistine armies in between him and Saul. Well, in this 29th chapter, when he goes to Achish, the king of the Philistines, Philistines, their land of the Philistines was the same thing as the Gaza Strip on the southwestern border of Israel. And he asked Achish if he can go. And the lords of the Philistines, verse 2 of chapter 29, the lords of the Philistines passed on by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed on in the re-reward. It means to bring up the rear. That's what re-reward means. With Achish. Then said the princes of the Philistines, they were savvy, they knew what David was doing. Achish evidently loved David so much, he trusted him. What do these Hebrews hear? This is what the princes of the Philistines said. What is this man and his army doing here? David had four to six hundred people in his little private army. And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, Is not this David the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which hath been with me these days and these years, and I have found no fault in him since he fell unto us unto this day? He's been good to us, and David would go out and attack some Philistine stronghold in the day. He'd come back that night, and Achish would ask him, where have you been? He'd say, oh, I've been attacking Israel. He was lying to Achish. And the princes of the Philistines were wroth with with him, and the princes of the Philistines said unto Achish, Make this fellow return and cause him to leave us alone, that he may go again to this his place which thou hast appointed. Tell him go to back to Ziklag that you gave him, Achish, and let him not go with us to battle, lest in battle he be, and it says an adversary, and the word is Satan. He is a Satan to us. So a Satan is anyone who opposes God. That's what it is. In fact, he said he'll be our adversary. For wherewith should he reconcile himself unto his master? Should it not be with the heads of these men? The men of the Philistines... They knew what David was going to do. They're going to sandwich them in. And David was called the Satan of the Philistines. Many times when you find the word adversary, it's always Satan. Now, didn't God, didn't Jesus say this to Peter when he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. He said that to Peter. Why? Because Jesus said, I have to go to Jerusalem, I have to be crucified, and I have to resurrect the third day. And Peter said, be it far from me, Lord, that's not going to happen to you. And Jesus turned and said, get thee behind me, adversary, opponent. You're opposing my words. This is what I have to do to die for my people. And Jesus called him Satan. 
Satan is in our flesh. It's opposing Christ. When we talk about having an inner and outer man, I didn't make that up. The Apostle Paul tells us about the inner and the outer man. And the Bible says the outer man serves the law of the flesh and the inner man serves the law of God. And that's Christ in you, the hope of glory, the inner man, and he serves God's law, and he and the outer man opposes God's law. So it's going to take God years to get rid of the Satan in us, the opponent of God, the contradicting, the arneomai, the denying of Christ. And the man that denies Christ is called self. Self is nothing but a Satan of God. I don't I don't ever see anything evil in the air out here and feel anything evil in the air. Satan is not a spirit hovering around in the air. And demons are not running around on the earth. Demons are man's imagination. I've taught on that a thousand times where Jesus Jesus runs across a man with a with a uh, unclean spirit, Mark 1. And in Luke 4, the same man is called an, has an unclean demon or daemonion, unclean devil, it says. But it's daemonion, our word demon. Demon means to distribute fortunes. When Jesus rebuked him, he rebuked him, A-U-T-O, or self. Or he rebuked the flesh, A-U-T-O. When people say, where is the devil that's in your flesh? The demons and diabolos are not the same thing. They can be because diabolos means to traduce or lead astray. You're not led astray by some spirit. You're led astray by wrong communications. The Bible says, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rebuke them. And unfruitful works of darkness are in the minds and the bodies of men who have an outer man, but they have no new birth in them. They will lead you astray and cause you to contradict Christ. It's happened in my life when I was young. I ran with the wrong people. And that will do nothing but destroy you. Now, I'm talking about demons. Where did they come from? Where did Satan come from? Where is the first place that God was contradicted in the Bible? When God said to Adam and Eve, Thou shalt not eat of that tree in the middle of the garden. And Satan, in the form of a serpent, that word serpent is not our word serpent. Or the common word serpent is the word opish in the Greek. It does not mean what the word in first in in Genesis three and one. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now kosh. Now kosh is the word serpent. It means to enchant. The way people lead you away from truth, 
they enchant you and make you feel good and say, if it feels good, do it. That's an old saying out of the 70s. No, if it feels good, check with God and find out if it's against his laws. Now, I'm going to give you where I believe all this comes from. It's, we are, I believe we don't identify Satan as in our flesh. Let's go over here to Genesis, the first chapter. Genesis, the first chapter. Where is Satan in the world today? Let's go over here. There's some things you need to know. There's three words you need to understand. You need to understand the word potter, formed, and make. The common word made is not create. Made, create. Create, made, and potter. Potter and formed. Formed. Formed and potter are basically the same word. Yatsar. Y-T-S-A-R. Y-A-T-S-A-R. It means to mold and beat something into shape. Thou art the potter, we are the clay, and we are the all the works of thy hands there in, in Isaiah 64 and 8. We're the work of God's hands. He, he, he hath not the potter power of the clay of the same lump, speaking of the womb of Rebekah, to make one vessel unto honor, Jacob and another to dishonor Esau. If he wants to do that, yes, he can. So potter means to form or to mold with your hands. The reason the pottery cannot talk back to the to the maker is because he doesn't have any sense unless God puts it into him. Doesn't have any thinking. Made is the word I saw. When God said he made the earth in six days, that's not the creation. Made, what God is doing, making, made and potter are basically the same action what God is doing. When he says over here in, look at this in Exodus, the 20th chapter, this is the Exodus 20 is the Ten Commandments. And he says here, in Exodus 20, Exodus 20, and in verse 10, And the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor nor thy daughter, thy manservants, nor thy maidservants, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made or saw, formed it. That's when God takes the earth 
and starts pounding it back into shape because after the creation, the earth became without form and void. Became without form. Without form. Without form is an evil word. It means to... It's not the word create. Create is the word bara. Bara is a form of the word berith. And berith is the word covenant. I'm telling you where I believe Satan is in the world today. He goes around, according to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, seeking whom he may devour. I believe that's the only problem men have that are believers is with other men who are unbelievers. You don't have any anywhere else. There's no spirits flying around come out of here like in these movies, and it comes down and gets on a man. There's no such thing. Men have invented all of this for, for their entertainment in the movie. It's just not true. Now, the word create is a righteous word. It comes from the word covenant. If you'll notice, bara means to cut and make fat. But fat was not our word fat. That's waste on our sides. That's cellulite. That's not the word fat. Fat is a word among the Hebrews that meant it meant the best cattle. The best crop. It means so what God did when he created the heavens and the earth, he created heavens righteous, heavens righteous, and the earth was righteous. It was all good. Something happened to make the earth without form and void and darkness. If you want to know where Satan began... Well, he said he made the earth in six days. But he didn't create the earth in six days. Because create is righteous. And when he's making, he's taking an old earth that's corrupt that happened between verse 1 and verse 2 and without form. Without form and void. Without form is the word tohu. It means waste and desolation. T-O-H-U-W, without form. T-O-H-U-W. I'm talking about where Satan corrupted the earth. And the Bible says, in Isaiah 45, let's look at that, Isaiah 45, 18. I'm going to look at that. Let's go over there very quickly. Now remember, without form is an evil word. Create is a righteous word. 
God did not, something happened between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis. And the Bible tells you what happened. Look here in Isaiah 45, verse 18. Thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed, created is the word bara there, formed is the word asaw. Asaw. The word asaw just means to form. He took this corruption that was going on between the first and second verses. Some people call that the gap theory. I don't believe it's as much a theory as to try to make tried to make the idea that there was six days of creation there wasn't the fact that you're not even to the first day and the earth becomes without form and void means something sinful happened in the earth to corrupt the dust of the earth the bible says the stars are not clean in god's sight the moon is not clean over there in the book of job if the moon's not clean and the stars are not clean, when Satan was cast into the earth, when he was cast in the earth, everything became corrupt in this universe, including all the stars, including the planets, including the stars that are that are millions of light years from here. It all became without form and void and darkness. If you want to find out what happened, you got to go to the 12th chapter of Revelation. Revelation 12. This is going to show Satan. Revelation is not a book that's chronologically correct. You don't have something happening here. And the next thing that happens in Revelation is just the following of this, this happening. It's it's different. It's John, it's it's the angel of the Lord coming to John and say, "Come up hither. I'm going to show you from this viewpoint something that's happening here." And then he says, "I'm going to show you from this viewpoint over here during the same time period something's happening over here." Well, look here in Revelation. Let's look at this. People want to know where is Satan in the world today. It's in man's flesh. Jesus said that Peter was Satan. He was an opponent of his because he was contradicting Christ, saying, that's not going to happen to you. And he says, get thee behind me, Miss Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. It didn't mean Peter turned into some character that was here in the garden with Adam and Eve and turned into Satan. It means he was opposing God. That's what it means. Now look over here in Revelation. The twelfth chapter. What verse? Well, we're going to look at the whole chapter. All right. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. This is not, a woman is not Mary. The woman is Israel. Israel is called a woman. She was called a virgin. A woman clothed with the sun and a moon under her feet and upon her head 
a crown of 12 stars. 12 is the number of the total church. There were 12 apostles. There were 12 tribes of Israel. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. Now you could identify it. Dragon is the word dracon. Dracon. It has the same basic meaning as serpent, nakash, meaning to enchant. Dracon means to fascinate or make to feel good. When Satan is leading people away in the form of humans, he's in their flesh. There's no doubt. Satan is the one that's in the flesh of a man. And people will say, well, that's hard to swallow. Well, why would Jesus speak to a man and call him Satan? It doesn't mean there's an entity there that's Satan. It means there's an outer man that contradicts the word of God. And that outer man is self. Until self dies. Paul said, I die daily. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Himself is a word in the Greek. E-A-U-T-O-N. E-A-U-T-O-N. E, whenever it's got that in front of a word, it means the man is doing it. You have to deny A-U-T-O. Jesus didn't say, if any man will come after me, let him deny his demons. He said, let him deny himself. And self is that outer man that doesn't want to serve God. He wants to serve the flesh. The flesh was corrupted because between verse 1 and 2, of the first chapter of Genesis, self was, began to be formulated. Satan comes in and corrupts the earth and all the dust in it and the dirt is corrupt. And when God reaches down and picks up the dust of the ground, it's corrupt dust. And he makes Adam of the corrupt dust. And the corrupt dust cannot keep the laws of God. No way. When God says, Thou shalt not eat of the tree, what's evil is eating of the tree, the forbidden fruit. And the forbidden fruit was just what appeals to self, the flesh. What's in the tree, John said, all that's in the world... This is what 1 John 2.16 says. All that's in the world, all in the world. This is everything that the flesh of man wants. Everything. Satan is not some spirit hovering around looking to inhabit some man. It's already in every man. And those of us that are born again... 
God is at war with the flesh, with the outer man. You say, I don't understand that inner and outer man. When we go into Romans 7, I'll explain that all to you. That's the battle between the flesh and God. It's what we've got in us. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh. Oh, there's the flesh again. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's all that can lead you away into darkness, pride of life. Esau, a tree that was good for food. I had a guy call me on the phone yesterday. He said, he's outside of Portland, Oregon. And he said, man, I've been watching your DVDs for some time. But he said, boy, some of the things you're saying are hard to swallow. I know, and I said to him, I know that. This is hard to swallow, that the problem with man is his flesh. It's nothing else but that. It's not some spirit hovering around trying to get into you and make you do things. When man is drawn away to his sin, he's drawn away of his own flesh and enticed. It's not... You have to fight your flesh. Your flesh wants to do things that you shouldn't be doing in Christ, and that's called sin. This thing is not, this black-white thing going on in America, it's not a black-and-white thing. It's sin and sin. That's all it is. But they don't want to hear that. People on both sides of the fence need to be repenting of themselves and find out how dark their heart is. When they do, they'll drop their head and say, I am, a, I am a lowly sinner. God forgive me of my sin. It's your flesh. That's where Satan is. And Eve saw a tree that was good for food. It was pleasant to the eye. This is man's problem. Pleasant to eye. This is everything in the world that leads men away, is the tree. And the pride of life. Pride of life, Eve saw a tree that would make her wise, and she could be proud of her wisdom and herself. I love the lust of the eye. The word idolatry has to do with a man's desire in the flesh. Idolatry. Well, this is what men don't want to hear. E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. Idololatria is the word idolatry. And guess what? It comes back to the flesh. Idolatry. Ido and latruo. Ido means to see. And latruo means to serve what you put into your eyes and your ears. And you do that. And the Bible says the eyes not satisfied with seeing in Ecclesiastes 1.8. The Bible says all things are full of labor in Ecclesiastes 1.8. The eyes not satisfied with seeing. 
nor the ear filled with hearing. It's what goes into your eyes and your ear makes you want to fulfill the flesh. He said, all things are full of labor. You labor to what you put into your eyes and ears. And that is idolatry. It's your flesh. It's not some spirit hovering around. See, if you could make the excuse that a demon is something you go to a church and the guy falls out on the floor and he goes, and some goofy preacher gets there and says, come out, thou foul spirit. The guy that said, come out, foul spirit, and the guy on the floor are full of their flesh, looking for attention. And the guy can get up after the service and go about fulfilling his flesh. And pride of life in First John two sixteen. Pride of life is that word. Pride is the word A L A Z O N I A. Adazania means self, 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 self esteem. Our problem is not some spirit hovering around. It's Satan that's in our flesh. When did that happen? Let's read the rest of this in Revelation. When you really study the flesh in a real, real uh, analytical way, you're going to find out your problem is your flesh. You want what you want. to fulfill. If it feels good in your flesh, you're going to do it. And you have no self-restraint. And then he says, let's go back to Revelation 12. There appeared a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. Wait a minute. That's the beast down in Revelation 13. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. The dragon is the same thing as the beast. The beast was Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And Revelation Revelation 17 and 5 says, Babylon mothered all harlotry, and when they mothered it back here in Genesis 11 and 4 they said let us build us a city and a tower and let us make us make self let me put self let self make self a name name is the word is the word Shem in the Hebrew, it's the word onoma in the Greek, and it has the same meaning. It means authority. Let us make upon our own laws so we can fulfill self or the flesh. And that's what all idolatry was built on was self. That's a man's problem. It's not some spirit hovering around in the world. You'll know where Satan is. It's in a man's flesh. Now, let's finish reading this in Revelation 12. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. 
And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as he was born. That's Christ being born. And the dragon is Babylon or self or the flesh of let us make us a name. That's the dragon. Because it's the beast. And the beast in Revelation 13 is like a lion, a leopard, and a bear. And it's like a lion, a bear, and a leopard, and a beast with iron teeth in Daniel 7. So it's the same thing. It's Babylon. And it was founded on let us make us our own self-authority. What it's built on. And when you go against God, you are an opposing God, and you are Satan in the flesh. You don't take on Satan. You just got that fleshly body that wants what it wants. And God won't let you in heaven doing that. We have to get we have to, we have to repent. Unless you repent, you will perish. Repent means to be turned and think differently. When you repent, metanoia. You have to become ashamed of yourself. You have to take the blame according to Jeremiah 31, 18 and 19. You have to be willing to be embarrassed before God and say, Lord, it's my fault. You have to be ashamed of yourself because you've wanted to fulfill that outer man and that goes against God. Boy, is anybody guilty of that besides me? Boy, I have ever been that man, and I don't want to be that man anymore. God has nearly killed me over that old man. Let's go back to Revelation. And she brought forth a man-child who would rule all nations with a rod of iron. There is no doubt this is Jesus, and it is Israel bringing Jesus forth, and Babylon is trying to destroy him, and that is Satan, an enemy of God. Do you all see this? I hope you do. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. When he, will, when he left the earth and he said the same way you see me go I'll return again in like manner and the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days that's twelve hundred sixty days the last half of the last seven years of time and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels, his followers, angel, you got to remember, is the word angelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. And that's the word messenger. It's my goodness, if we can throw the word angel away and just substitute messenger. You got heavenly messengers and you got earthly messengers, which are called preachers. Not many of them around. And... There was war in heaven. Michael and the angels fought against the dragon. Michael and his messengers fought against Satan 
or the smooth talker or the dragon. And Michael threw Satan out of heaven with his followers. And the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more. And the great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And that's the third of the angels in heaven that it speaks of earlier in the chapter. Where are his angels now? Satan's angels. They're not hovering around the earth trying to get in somebody's body. Man has bodies that makes him to sin. He's got fleshly bodies. The Bible says so in James the first chapter. In the abyss? Huh? In the abyss? In the abyss? Where are they? Where are they? Okay, I'll show you. Well, let's go over there and look at first at Second Peter, the first chapter. Second Peter, first chapter. This is where they are. A third of the angels were cast out. The evil angels were cast out. They're not hovering around the earth getting into... There's no such thing. The demons and fallen angels are not the same thing. Every time you find demon in the New Testament... It's the word daemonion, and it's neuter gender. That's when the Bible refers to demons. D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. It's neuter gender. Every time you find angel, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, it's always masculine gender. They're not the same thing. Demons are imagination. The angels are real, some sort of spirits. But they have been locked in hell until the judgment. That's what he says right here in in Second Peter, the second chapter. Second chapter. Verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, that's talking about a third of the angels that were in heaven. They were following Satan. Not Lucifer. Lucifer is mentioned one time in the Bible. Lucifer is the word H-A-Y-I-L. Hayil. And Hayil Excuse me, I think that's a different word. H-A-Y-L-I-L. Hallel. And Hallel, it comes from the word hallelujah. It means the shining one. The shining one. And it that's the word Lucifer. It comes from hallelujah, H-A-L or H-A-L-A-L, U-J-A-H. Hallelujah comes from halal, H-A-L-A-L, and Jah. It means the boasting 
or the shining belongs to Jah, which is short for Jehovah. And Lucifer comes from the word Hylio. It means the shining one. Shining one. Shining one. Look at that real quick. It's hard to explain all this in one lesson. But go over here to Isaiah. I'm going to come back to this. Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Lucifer is a title for Belshazzar, not the devil. You find the picture of Satan with two men in the Bible. You find it with Belshazzar in the 14th chapter of Isaiah. And proof of this, proof of this is reading the text. 14th chapter. At the time period of of Babylon's fall, when Babylon fell, Belshazzar was the king. He was a profligate man. He was corrupt, very wanton, had no principles whatsoever about him. Not sexually towards men, women, or anybody. Belshazzar was corrupt. He was wanton. W-A-N-T-O-N. Means he had no restraint on anything he did. Wanton. W-A-N. Had no self-restraint. When you, you see the end of Belshazzar at the end of his kingdom in Daniel 5, when Cyrus came in and conquered him. I don't know how I got off on all this, but I need to go ahead and finish it. Where is Satan in the world? It's in your flesh. Daniel 5 and Isaiah 14. The chapter right before this is talking about the destruction of Babylon, the glory of kingdoms in verse 19, and it'll never be inhabited again in verse 20, and God will stir up the maids and the the maids against Babylon in verse 17 of the previous chapter, and they'll go in and they'll ravish the women, which means to rape, and God says, I'll cause this all to happen. And then when you get over to chapter 14, this is the demise of Belshazzar in the world. You see there, you also see the fall of Babylon in Jeremiah 50 and 51. That's the fall. Here's the fall. That's all the same happening. What it says here in verse 4, this is talking about Babylon's fall in the 13th chapter. Verse 4 of chapter 14 that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon, who was Belshazzar at that time. And the king of Babylon, and say, How hath the oppressor that has oppressed all the world with his corruption, his lies, and his thieving, ceased? The golden city ceased, talking about Babylon on the Euphrates. 
The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers who hath smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He was a very corrupt, evil king. He constantly persecuted the people, tortured them, killed them. He that ruled the nations, talking about Belshazzar, and anger is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet because Belshazzar has died. And you can read about that in the 13th chapter and in the in the 5th chapter of Daniel. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee because none of them are being cut down as of Belshazzar's destruction and being worshipped. And the cedars of Lebanon saying... Since thou art laid down, Belshazzar, no feller, feller, F-E-L-L-E-R, that don't mean some guy. It means a man that fells trees because they were the mother of harlots and they worshiped trees. They were tree worshipers and moon worshipers. No feller, What verse am I in? Oh, no feller is come up against us. So the trees are quit being cut down to worship. You can see that tree goddess in in Jeremiah the tenth chapter and Isaiah the forty fourth chapter. It's called the grove. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. They claim to talk to the dead. Even all the chief ones of the earth, it hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we, Belshazzar and Babylon, who conquered all the earth? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down. Pomp means magnificent glory. You're you're dead, Belshazzar. You're brought down to the grave in the noise of thy vows. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from the heaven, O Lucifer? Talking about Belshazzar. The word is, I spelled it wrong, H-E-Y-L-E-L. H-E-Y. Eliel, Hylio means sense of brightness or morning star. He glorified himself as the morning star, as the leader of the whole world, as God in the flesh. This is the only time you find Lucifer mentioned in the Bible. He's not Satan. He's filled with Satan because he's filled with his flesh. And son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken all of the nations, Belshazzar? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Boy, Belshazzar was so arrogant. 
yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee, Belshazzar, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man? The man, notice not spirit, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of the prisoners. He didn't release the prisoners out of prison. The spirits in prison were the Gentiles. It was his ancestral leader, Nebuchadnezzar, that led the prisoners out. All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. Lucifer is Belshazzar is what it is. It's not Satan. But he was a Satan when it came to God because he was opposing God, wasn't he? He was a very wicked man, evil to the core. When Cyrus came in, he marched down that riverbed where he had had blocked the Euphrates River off into into the Arabian Desert and it dried up the river, and he marched down the river, went up to the two-leaf gates, according to Isaiah 45, and the gates were left open. They all drank, parting with the vessels of the house of the Lord inside. And Cyrus come in and says, you're under arrest, and you're going to die right now. And he told them, and fall upon him and kill him. And that's the time factor of Isaiah 44, or of Isaiah 14. And you have one other man that's equated with Satan himself. The reason Belshazzar was equated with Satan because Babylon mothered all idolatry, and they're the people that began at the first Babylonian empire of the first dynasty in Genesis eleven four. They said, "Let us build us a city and a tower, and let us make us our own doctrine." And that's what they did. And it eventually ended up in the Roman Catholic Church. I don't have time to go into that. One other place here that Satan is mentioned in the form of a man. He's mentioned in the form of Belshazzar because Belshazzar kept all of this going of his ancestors, his idol worship. Look over here in Jeremiah. I mean Ezekiel. Ezekiel 28. Two places a man is compared to Satan. That's because they did everything. There was two places where the where the tree and sun worship thrived in the world, in the ancient world. One was Babylon. One was Babylon. One was Babylon on the Euphrates River. And the other was Tyre and Sidon, right above Israel. And God compares those were the heads of the tree worship of the ancient world that corrupted all the world. And you got the picture of Tyre and Sidon here in the 28th chapter of Ezekiel. 
and verse 11 moreover the word of the Lord came unto me saying son of man take a lamentation upon the king of Tyre which was the same thing as Lebanon in our day and time on the king of Tyre and said to him thus saith the Lord God remember the king of Tyre who he was the king of Tyre was the father of Jezebel who married this system into Israel and they began to worship trees or the Christmas tree and the sun and the moon up to some of wisdom and perfect in beauty well he's going to compare the king of Tyre or the father of Jezebel with Satan himself that's, that's because Tyre is what brought this sun worship down in Israel and it's the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Sardius, topaz, the diamond, beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle. That's amazing because these are 12 stones, and there were 12 stones, basically these same stones, in the foundation of of the city of God in the 21st chapter of Revelation. Not going to go into that any further. And gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day thou was created. He's talking about creating Satan, but at the same time, he's being compared with the king of the prince of Tyre. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire, thou wast perfect. It doesn't mean without sin. The word is tamim, T-A-M-I-Y-M. You are upright. T-A-M-I-Y-M. It's the same word as upright. It's the same thing as a certain man drew a bow at a venture when Ahab was running across the desert and he was at war with Ben-Hadad and the Syrians. And a man drew a bow at a venture and the word venture is tall ma'am, upright. That was perfect in thy ways. You were upright from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in you. It's crisscrossing the king of Tyre and Satan. And that's because they were they were the ones who brought this tree and sun worship into Israel through through Jezebel when she married Ahab. Now Let's go back. I'm trying to cover some territory, and I'm having a hard time covering all of it. Let's go back to Genesis. I can't get through all of this. How much time do I have, Mike? 25. We still have Peter. Where is Satan? Uh, you still have Peter. 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 
Okay. Second Peter. Oh yeah, we need to get back over there. I'm I'm covering so many things. Second Peter. Let's go back over here. Where are the fallen angels now? This is where they are. Second Peter. Two. And verse four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, those are the ones that were cast into, cast out of heaven. They were cast into hell. If God spared not the angels that sinned and cast them down to hell at the hand of Michael the archangel, that word hell is not the common word hell. That's the word Tartarus. It's the only time Tartarus is mentioned in the Bible. It means the lowest pits of hell. This is where the fallen angels are. They're not marrying. They're not marrying believing women. That's stupid. They're locked in hell. They're locked in Tartarus. And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Reserved is the word terel. It's the same word as commonly word keep. If you love me, keep my commandments. Guard them against loss. It means to guard and keep them under a guard until the day of judgment. They can't come out of hell to marry women. Sons of God marrying the daughters of men. Sons of God are the descendants of God in the fifth chapter of Genesis. Daughters of men are the sisters of the sons of men are the descendants of Cain, the female descendants of Cain in the fourth chapter. To be called a son of someone, you have to be doing the will of the Father. Fallen angels did not do the will of God. That's stupid. And this is one verse here. proves those weren't fallen angels marrying women. That was an old fairy tale. It was out of Ginsburg's Legends of the Jews. And those fallen angels were supposed to be 11,000 feet tall. How in the world did they cohabit with women? Stupid. Guard against guard against loss or should I say guard against their escape from hell. That's where the fallen angels are. They're not hovering around spirits in the world. That's men's wild vivid imagination. I can't believe that men even preach that. And they were reserved unto judgment. That's where the fallen angels are. Besides that, angels neither marry nor are given in marriage. I don't have time to go there. Now, where is Satan? He's in man's flesh. So when Satan is cast into the earth, you want to know where Satan is? Look for the first character of Satan in the Bible. You're going to find it in the second verse of Genesis. 
and the earth became without form and void and darkness. That's all Satan's character, isn't it? He had to have entered into the earth atmosphere and among this great universe sphere and he corrupted all the stars. The stars are not clean, Job said. The moon is not clean, Job said. Nothing is clean. And God reached down into this corrupt dust, picked up a handful of it over here, in verse 7 of chapter 2 and the Lord formed man of the dust of this corrupt ground you want to know where Satan is is in a man's flesh that's where it is and breathed into his nostrils the breathing was the creation not the forming the forming is Yatsar That's the potter. When he formed him, he was, he just picked up a handful of dirt, molded it into Adam, but he wasn't alive yet. If any man ever comes alive, God has to quicken him and breathe into him breath. And that's true of the new birth. The new birth, it's not accept Christ. It's not a sinner's prayer. God has to pick you out mold you as a potter does a piece of clay and then he has to breathe into you his spiritual life as well as physical life so breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul that word yatsar means to squeeze into shape or mold it was the breathing it was that was the creation not the forming so when you form something the six days were six days of making and forming not creating he created everything in the first verse and then everything became corrupt there became chaos and every one that studies that first chapter of Genesis they'll say chaos came into the universe in that second verse what had to have caused it was Satan being cast in the earth. Revelation is a panoramic view of all time. Pan was the God of all. And it means the whole thing. We say, we say pan the audience. We mean get the whole audience. So the God of Pan was the God of all. Now, what he was doing he was making he made all these things he was putting the earth back together and when he made the earth he created nothing in vain but create create and made are not the same word when he created it in Isaiah 45:18 we read that before but let's look at that, that again Isaiah 45 and 18 where is Satan it's in a man's flesh let a man deny himself and take up his cross and follow me Isaiah 45:18 For thus saith the Lord who created the heavens in the first verse of Genesis, 
God himself that formed the earth. Formed is not the word create. It's the word yatsar. And made it, that's the word saw, which has to do with making or forming. He hath established it. He created not in vain. In vain. Vain is the same word as without form. Tohu. He did not create tohu of the second verse. That's not, there's a time period, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. The word face is panao, P-A-N-A-H. It means surface. There had to be something that blocked the light that was created in the first verse. There had to be a cloud around the earth. When God says, let there be light, that's a picture of circumcision. God's saying, let the light in. That's a picture of the elect. God's saying, and nothing that's, darkness is blocking the light. Darkness is in our hearts and we can't alter our speech by reason of darkness. We've got dark, that's over there in the 37th chapter of Job. We cannot alter our speech. We can't call on God when we don't believe Him. He has to say by His will, let the light in. And you'll find the word made. Well, let's go on and read the rest of this verse in Isaiah 45. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He did not create the earth in verse 1 for things to be going on. That's in verse 2. Those are two different scenes, two different situations. One, there's light in the universe in verse 1, but there's not in the earth in verse 2. He formed it to be inhabited I am the Lord, there's none else. So when he forms it, it wasn't a second creation, it was a second forming. Now, you want to know where Satan is? Let's go over and look at James. James, the first chapter. This puzzles a lot of people. But you have to know about man's flesh has been created... And who created the flesh? God. Whose idea was it to pick up corrupt dust? And he told Adam, thou shalt not. He didn't say, if you eat. He said, the day you eat, you will die. Well, God had planned for Adam to eat. Because if he hadn't, why is it our names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world? Why is it Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world? Because God made Adam of corruption. And he said, you will sin. And I've got a program to call you and all my elect out of sin. It's called Jesus Christ. That's my plan. Now look here in James, the first chapter. You can't just answer a question simple there has to be a lot of a lot of connection to all the parts of the scripture people have asked me this James the first chapter let no man say that he is tempted when he's tempted verse 13 Thank you. I am tempted of God 
God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Tempt. God can't be tempted with evil. But can God be tempted with good? See, nobody ever asked themselves that question. Temptation, every time you find it, it's the word P-E-I-R-A-S-M-A-S. means to go through fire and trials. Does God put us through trials? Did he put Abraham through trials? When he said, Abraham, go off your son on an altar there on Mount Carmel or Mount Moriah. He said, go off your son on Mount Moriah. That was a temptation to Abraham. He went up there, raised the knife to plunge it into Isaac. And God said, stop. I see your faithfulness now. There's a ram here in the bush. You can, you can offer him instead. Does God put us in fleshly bodies that can be tempted yep does God tempt a man when he puts you through temptation the trying of your faith works patience when the scripture says think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you that word tries the same word parasmos don't think it's strange God's put you in the fire not to cause you to do evil, but to cause you to do good. I had a guy left here one time, and he said, well, God's predestined me to be out sin. I see he has not. He's predestined us. How can you be pro-horizo, pro, this is the word predestinate, and horizo is the word horizon. It means light, the boundary of light. How can God predestinate you in the horizon to go sin? He can't. For whom he did foreknow, we also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. To be conformed to the icon, the likeness. Predestination is about the likeness of Christ in us. He puts us through fire. He tempts us to do good. And he causes us through temptation to give up that outer man, which is the flesh, and it opposes God. If the flesh opposes God, it's the Satan that opposes God, isn't it? If Satan means adversary, a one who opposes God. I think more preachers need to preach this because they think Satan is some spirit hovering around waiting to jump on somebody. And it's not. It's you. It's me. And God has beat the living tar out of me. He scourges every son he receives so that we can be partaker of his holiness. Scourge, scourge, mastigao means a bloody beating. Mastix or mastigao is the whip. One is the verb, the other is the noun. That's the whip that had pieces of leather and metal in it. And God says, I'll beat you with an inch of your life till you partake of holiness. Comes from hagios, which means single. God wants you to give up that outer man so that he will die so there can be one man in you, a single man in control, and that's Christ. He beats us till we behave ourselves. Let's finish reading this. 
But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Where did you get that lust of the flesh? The point is, where did it come from? When God picked up the dust of the ground, it was corrupt. It was full of corruption. And God formed man of the dust of the ground. Then he went, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Then God creates the tree in the garden. Look at that. Look at that. In Genesis, the, the second chapter, notice what it says. It doesn't say, if you eat. In the verse 16, chapter 2, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. That's got all that's in the world that appeals to the flesh. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, he didn't say if you eat. He said when you eat, you will die spiritually. Now, let's go back over there. Where, let me put it this way. Where is God's opponent in the world? In us. Satan just means opponent. Something that opposes God. Where is he? In us. In us. That's it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother Richter. In us. It's in us. And when you go out to go against the law of God, you're, you've got Satan or opponent in your flesh. And God made you so you would oppose him so he could redeem you out of that flesh. And it goes ahead and says, What's E-R-R mean? That next verse, do not E-R-R. Or Err. okay. It means to be deceived. Then he says, And every man is tempted to be drawn away of his own lust. Epithumia. Your lust is epithumia. E-P-I-T-H-U-M-I-A. It means to long for that which is forbidden, which is all that's in the world. It means to thumos, breathe hard, epi, to superimpose breathing hard upon your life. Ah, I gotta have that. I gotta have her. I gotta have him. I won't, I won't, I won't. That's man's problem is the outer man. And God may take 40 years to beat you up so bad. You'll do like I did one day. Say, Lord, I give up. I surrender. I'm not going to seek this flesh no more. I'm tired of trying to make a lot of money and be famous and rich. And then he says, he's enticed, deliazo, deluded, D-E-L-E-A-Z-O. He's deluded. He's entrapped. You've been trapped. You've been entrapped by the lust of your flesh and it's lied to you. Telling you you can have what you want. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth 
sin. That's all that comes to your life with all that's in the world. It bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, you die. Brings forth death. You go after all that's in the world, the tree. That's the Christmas tree, whether anybody likes it or not. When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin is finished. It brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Err is the word planeo. Does anybody remember that? P-L-A-N-E-O. Boy, this is all about self. P-L-A-N-E-O. Planeo. You remember that word? It comes from plane. Looks like plain. It means deceived. Planeo means to cause to be out of the way. There's two ways. One is the narrow way. And when you are drawn away of your own lust and enticed, there's the narrow, the thalibo way. And it comes from the word thalipsis. One is the verb, the other is the noun. This thalipsis is the noun tribulation. And we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. And narrow means to crowd through an opening. And the Bible says straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. Straight is the word stenos. And it means to crowd through a narrow opening. And we get the word stenazo, stenazo, which is the word groan. And we groan, and that's and our groaning ends up where the Bible says, because of the groaning, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed through this groaning to the image of Christ. And that's the truth, whether you like it or not, and all of our problem is self, the flesh, and God put us in it and said, you will sin. And those of you that sin that I have chosen before the foundation of the world, you will repent. I'll cause you to, because I'll say, let there be light, and the light will come in. Do I have any time, Mike? Three. Three minutes. I wanted to go. So I believe where we received our nature to sin was between the first and second verses of Genesis. That's where it happened. Because God picked up this, he put us in this flesh. It's just the same thing if a man and woman get together and say, let's have a baby. So they have a child by their will, and the baby's born, and the baby says, well, I didn't ask to be born. You knew I was going to have a sinful nature, so I don't think this is my fault. I think you should be blamed. Well, you can't say, God is to be blamed. He says, you're drawn away of your own lust and enticed, and you have to answer for your sin unless you have a substitute. And that's Christ. 
I got so much more to say on this. I begin to really see a lot more. I believe Satan is in the flesh of man because that's the only thing you can ever blame throughout the Bible. Let a man deny himself. The word himself is a form of auto, E-A-U-T-O-N. Let a man deny self and take up his cross and die to self and follow being the same way with Christ daily. The only problem we have is our flesh. Y'all realize that? That's it. That's what we fight to overcome every day. I'm going to come back next week. I'm going to continue in the Gentiles coming to light. I'm going to continue in the Sabbath when we when it what it boils down to is all this fire that God put you through. All the fire is so that you can say my problem is me, it's my flesh. And when you say that, you can be content in understanding the fire put you through is getting you rid of Satan in your flesh or the self. Satan in your flesh is nothing but the opponent of God. Get it in your mind. Satan means opponent in the Hebrew and the Greek. And what is it that opposes God, the, the inner man in you? It's the outer man. That's what opposes God, and it takes God years. Oh, you're perfect in the inner man. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. His seed remaineth in the inner man, and he cannot sin. But if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself, and the truth is not in you, and that's the flesh, and that's what God wants to overcome, and he will overcome in his elect over the years. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. This flesh has really bothered me my whole life. I pray that you'll let me teach truth every day and forgive me of my sin. I'm so ashamed of my past. I don't want anybody knowing about it. We have to be ashamed of what we have been to take on this new man. The new man is Jesus in us. Thank you for truth. We'll praise you for everything and glorify you. Fight every battle because our battle ain't nothing but self. It's our desire to go out there in the flesh. Thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope we got a hold of that. That's our enemy is Satan. That's self. Because there was imperfection found in him. God made him imperfect to do the work that he did. He made him that way, and then he ordained him to do all that he did. God ordained sin. He didn't like, Satan didn't look, uh, he didn't like that God wanted him to pay homage to that man, not, or to say that man was good. He wouldn't well, say man was good. He was perfect or upright when he was made. But he wasn't perfect in what do we call perfect. So he, he was cast a, out of heaven after He had a glitch in him. But yeah. God made him with the glitch. Right. God made him that way because he wanted 
man to fall so he could redeem his elect. Oh, yeah, it's all planned. That's it's his plan. Trying to figure out why God and what he does, the way he does it. Why did he just make everybody perfect from the start? He could have, because that's what he's going to do to us in heaven. He didn't want to do it that way. He wants to show his power upon the vessels of wrath and destruction. That's the way it works. I don't question what God does. I just believe He does it. Yeah. You know? Because He wants to. Boy, that's a lot of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. It really is awesome. But people ain't going to want to believe that because they're they going to want to say, well, I know Satan exists. I saw a guy that had been the devil in him. No, you didn't. You saw some guy involved in his imagination. Don't understand how these scholars, these guys that really try to study and get in there and not just read, but study. How they don't... Well, you have to be analytical in putting it all together. I've been analytical since the day I was born. As a little kid, I was analyzing everything that came along. Analyzes break everything down to its lowest common denominator and see how it works. I call myself a biblical scientist. That's all a science. That's all a scientist does is break everything down and see how he can make something work. 